This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. If you visit Detroit, if you are from Detroit, or if you live in Detroit, you never knew all this culture was alive and thriving here. This is the Detroit is Different Festival. October 24th through October 27th, join us at the inaugural Detroit is Different Festival at the Andy Arts, 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48238. Visit www.detroitisdifferent.com and get your tickets today. You're listening to the Ask Jennifer podcast on the Detroit is Different podcast network. Jennifer Crawford, and you are listening to Ask Jennifer the Podcast. I know you're thinking that I have been gone a long, long time, but your girl has been busy. It has been a very, very crazy summer with markets and meetings and just everything to not only build my brand, but the small business community. So I am so happy today that we have Ashley. Ashley, tell me your last name again. I'm so sorry. Mizzy. Ashley, what is it again? Mizzy. Ashley Mizzy. And we're talking about one of our favorite topics, which is financial operations and management. As you know, your girl, Jennifer, has always questions about the money, the money and the finances. I have to honestly say that it is not, um, I'm very creative. I can come up with ideas, logistics, but to know the money and the management and aspects of business, I always need help. And in a business, you always need help with certain things. But before we get to Ashley and talk about the paper, Okay, uh-huh. I just want everybody to know that All Things Detroit is coming up November 3rd. It's our holiday edition at the Eastern Market, and we're going to be there from 10 to 4. And if you get those Beat the Crowd tickets, you can get in at 930 and shop an hour before we're open to the public. So download the All Things Detroit mobile app and check it out so that you can see our complete list of vendors. You can see everything that's going to be going on that day. And we have some surprises. We have a Gift wrapping booth with custom All Things Detroit wrapping paper by our sponsored uh, graphic artist, which is Paisley Paper Company. Hey, Andrea. And we also have the unveiling of the All Things Detroit mural. Yes, everybody. Uh, All Things Detroit will. You know what? We're not up on a mural in the building, but we're creating our own mural because we are making ourselves a part of Eastern Market because we have been there so many years. We are supporting small business and All Things Detroit should always be a place in the Eastern Market for small businesses to grow. And so Phil from the Smile Grant is creating a beautiful mural for us and it's going to be our backdrop photo booth so we want everybody to come out and take pictures in front of it and just enjoy it holiday shop and have a good time and then after all things Detroit on November 3rd your girl Ash Jennifer is now on the board of TEDx Detroit which will take place on Wednesday November 6th and so we want everyone to come out. It's from 8 to 5. It's an all-day event. After you get you some sleep from all things Detroit, just come out to TEDx Detroit. And you can go to TEDxDetroit.com to see the complete list of speakers. And we'll also have a lot of our all things Detroit vendors set up selling products, 
Um, we want you to come out, support small business, download the All Things You Trade mobile app. And now let's talk to Ashley. Let's talk about the money, Ashley. First of all, let me give us a little background on yourself and how you got started. Well, to be completely honest, I started off as a banker. I worked for J.P. Morgan Chase Bank throughout undergrad um, and a little bit into grad school as a commercial underwriter. And I was underwriting, you know, commercial lines of credit, um, business loans, uh, more specifically loans for um, small time suppliers for the big three auto plants. And then the economy kind of tanked <laughs> and there weren't many loans in the pipeline. And I thought, you know what, it's time to do something different. Um, at that time, also, um, my husband was going through a transition at his job. So we packed up and we moved to Atlanta. And when we moved to Atlanta, it, which still is my favorite city <laughs> everybody in the loves entire Atlanta. world. I feel like everybody from Detroit lives in Atlanta. Everybody from Detroit does live in Atlanta. I have family Peter there. Street. You know, if, anyone's, if anyone is listening from Atlanta, Peter Street, I see you. Because <laughs> it's the liveest street in Atlanta. That's where all the Detroiters are. Detroiters and those from Chicago, Peter Street. But um, okay. when I went to Detroit, and please, the listeners, Jennifer, please don't hit me. But I started working for Can Capital, which is one of the top five. They're in there with, in there with On Deck and Cabbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I was their director of underwriting. That On Deck, I've heard some horrible things Oh, Jennifer, don't be like that. Don't be like that. I won't do it. But I, I, I just know, like, we were talking kind of before we started the show, and we were talking about Cabbage and different things and how the rates can be high. But it gave me an opportunity to do something that, you know, I wouldn't be able to do with like my credit and what I had when I first started my business. So sometimes those opportunities are good. So I I get it. When used correctly and for the right reasons, they are good. Yes. You are able to pay those daily (laughs) payments back, those loan payments back that are 65% interest for sure. Yes. So after working for Can Capital for several years, you know, we saw the growth and the incline in Detroit. We... We're reading in newspapers and hearing online about the infrastructure and the Detroit is a new movement. And, you know, there's all of this, these opportunities for millennials. So we moved back. We, you know, we were we were transplants in Atlanta and Atlanta just was not home, but it was a really good place to grow our skills. Did you go to school here in Michigan? Went to school here in Michigan, graduated from Central Michigan University and also received my MBA in finance from Harvard. Oh, congratulations. Sure did. Thank wow. you very much. So um, came back to Detroit. And because we saw the growth, and my husband started working for Flagstar Bank mm-hmm. as a forensic auditor. Uh, and so you and your husband both are into the numbers. We are both into the numbers. He's he's more granular. Like he's trying to find crime. Like mm-hmm. he fights cyber or I'm not cyber crime. I'm sorry. <laughs> he fights um, money laundering. Mm-hmm. Um, those who are funding um, uh, business. Banking accounts for terroristic activities. Oh, He's wow. in the nitty gritty, the boring stuff. Uh, his, his job is pretty deep. It's deep. <laughs> it Mine is, is deep. fun. And I bet you <laughs> that checkbooks and balances at the house is like. But I'm the CFO though, Jennifer. Now. I'm the, <laughs> I manage the money. I bring the money in. I make sure the money go to the right places. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm the CFO. <laughs> but um, he started at Flagstar. Actually, started at Detroit Development Fund. Okay. Um, and I actually um spearheaded their first ever micro loan fund called the Biz Loan. Mm-hmm. I was actually the director of Detroit Community Loan Fund, which is an arm of Detroit Development Fund. Okay. Um, after two years of, to be completely honest, uh. Giving people, or I should say not giving, but making decisions on these loans and ultimately approving them for those who are considered um, risk adverse or disenfranchised small business owners, which mean they did not meet the credit worthiness of a traditional loan from Chase 
or even, you know, a non-traditional loan from like Detroit Development Fund. Mm-hmm. They were like bottom of the barrel mm-hmm. applicants, but, but, but who still needed capital in order to launch or grow their business. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel right. You know, I would go home and yes, I met my numbers and yes, I was ultimately approving loans, but it did not feel right. And so I met this wonderful lady by the name of Gabrielle Thomas, who's the chief operating officer at Accounting Aid Society. Mm -hmm. We met actually at a fire drill at the Federal Reserve. (laughs) And she said, oh, I love your glasses. Your glasses are so cool. And we met, we exchanged cards. And all I know, six months later, I was at Accounting Aid doing what I love to do best, which has really helped small business owners realize that there could be different avenues to take before ultimately Selling your soul <laughs> for a loan. Yes. For a loan that at the end of the day, you know, you have to supply things to these lenders and give them personal information and then have this thing called collateral. Mm-hmm. You know, there are just there are different avenues in obtaining the the monies needed for you to expand or grow or even open your business. So before we get into like just different um different ways of not selling our soul (laughs) for loans. Because as a small business owner, it's hard to get a loan because you think about, I always think about myself, just think about like collateral, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just, just the assets, just everything as a whole. They, they want everything from you. They like your blood. They want everything. They want to know everything. Yes, they Mm do. Where did the love of numbers come from? How did you know that you wanted to be in finance? My dad can actually attest to this. Mm -hmm. So my dad, when I was the age of five years old, MBD Bank. I'm sorry, I'm dating myself. No, I'm dating myself, Jennifer. My aunt actually, (laughs) I'm 40, it's fine. My aunt worked for MBD Bank uh, for 22 years, and that was until they closed down. And became Bank One. Yes. And now Chase. Yes. Five years old, MBD Bank. Boom. Ashley, we're going to go open up a checking account. Sure did. I was. It was a, a uniform minor account, and it was my first account I opened after Christmas, and it was only fifty dollars in there. <laughs> but my dad, my dad taught me at that moment. It is good to put fifty. As, as a matter of fact, I remember I put forty five dollars in there, and the five dollars was my spending money. You pay your bills, but at that time I was a child, so I didn't have bills <laughs> to pay. Right. But you save ninety percent of it, and that five percent, that ten percent, you can do whatever you want with it. So. That was just how I grew up. That was, you know, my my family motto, you know, our our acumen as honestly black kids growing up in the northwest side of Detroit to parents who worked really hard and did not spend every single thing that they had. But they taught me and my sisters that you save 90 percent of what you work so hard for and the 10 percent you have fun because you worked hard for it. Mm-hmm. And even just growing up, you know, I had a job at 13. I was working the numbers at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> Get paid under the table. But, you know, even with making $100 a week, $90 of that went into the bank and $10 was for gas at that time. But Or $10 was my play money. So that's just how I, I just loved numbers. And to be completely honest, I opened a business in 12, you know, because even working at Chase, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to establish wealth. You know, I'm trying to yes. student loans. I'm like, they, I don't know how I'm going to pay for these things. Mm-hmm. They, they come every month. And every month, no yeah. matter if you have the money to pay said amount, you have to pay said amount. Mm-hmm. So just like everyone else, I chased that dream of trying to gain wealth by opening a small business during a recession. And it, you know, it failed. And I was in a very rich city. I was in Northville, for crying out loud. Oh, boy. Yes. Northville, Michigan. <laughs> yes. For anyone oh who don't know where that is, it's in between Plymouth and Novi. Yes. And, you know, the, the average average uh, income in Northville was like $125,000. 
Average home price is like $350,000, rich area. And it failed. And it failed, honestly, because even with having a master's at that time, I did not know my business numbers. And what type of business did you have when you were in Norfolk? It was a boutique. It was a high end. I had partnerships with, I would say, brands, but not like, you know, Louis Vuitton or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But, you know, name brands. But you thought by it being high end and it being in that area that it would work out. And the demographic is great for the boutique. Correct. And and what a lot of people, or I tell a lot of business owners, the first thing boutique owners say and uh, people, I want a candle shop. I want this. And Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time, online sales, build your online presence Mm -hmm. because the overhead cost of having a absolutely physical brick and uh, having a brick and mortar absolutely. is a lot. And a lot of them feel like they would reach more people. Like, I just need to be in one place. Online orders. I mm-hmm. say work on your online. Build your presence online. You can do so much online. Absolutely. But a lot of people, they fail because they're just set on having a brick and mortar mm-hmm. without doing that research first. Without doing that research and all, and also really understanding, and I know I'm getting in the, in the minutia of it, but really understanding how much do I have to sell this piece for to pay this water bill, to pay this light bill, to pay you know my rent? Do I have to sell five shirts this month? To pay myself. Do I have to sell 10 shirts and three earrings to make sure that the lights stay Stay on? on. We don't, we do, we never look at the numbers in a very finite scale. We just know I'm making money. So if I'm making money, I must be doing something right. When in essence, we're not. No. We're not making any money. We're probably breaking even or honestly, we have a net deficit at the end of the month. My thing is when I first quit my job to like pursue this business full time, all I thought about was, Oh, if I do X number of events and I like have this thing, I can make this number of money and I can pay my rent. Then I was like, okay, if that doesn't happen, I'm going to sell my furniture and then pay my rent (laughs) and do it this way. But ultimately what I did was, is I took my rent money and put it down on this dream to like make it happen. Like this is going to happen, but also like, you know, you do it and it works out, but then there's you know, repercussions of doing that too. And I tell people that I did things the non-traditional way. And like, sometimes that's fine. Sometimes it's not. I do encourage people to have a plan and to study and do research because I do research. Even when I quit my job, I've still read books and online research and went to some of these free classes and different things that are available uh, in the city. But a lot of, uh, a lot of it's just that we can do it. And I've been that person in certain situations to say, Oh, I can do it. I'm going to do it this way and that way without really, really thinking about it. I think a lot of people make that mistake. And I've been one of those people to make that mistake. And it's, and it's natural. And that's, you know, and I know that's what we're going to go into on this segment, but we, we see everyday people just like you, Mm -hmm. the ones who are, you know, the dreamers, the go-getters, like I quit. We have clients in our portfolio portfolio right now where yesterday they were working at a doctor's office and today they are an esthetician and they have their clients and they're like, I'm just, I'm going to have to make it. It's make it or break it. And I refuse to break it because for 15 years I've been this and I am not happy. And then we have to kind of have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Who've gone to the classes, of course, <laughs> and, and have a plan. plan. But they all come together and what they all have in common is they're trying to find, will this work for me financially? And that is what we help them with. One of the things. One of the things. One of the things. We One of the with. things that you help them with. Yes. And that is so, that's so cool. So uh, where are you guys located? So Accounting Aid Society is located on West Grand Boulevard mm-hmm. across the street from Fisher in the new center building. Oh, you know what? I used to work in the new center building back yep. in the day. Fourth floor. 
That's where you guys are. We are on the, the fourth, fourth floor. floor. Mm-hmm. Where was I? I used to work for W three Construction and that Federal Reserve Building that you were talking about. I actually did the paperwork for that for the City of Detroit paperwork, and that was in two thousand four, two thousand five. Oh, when wow. They were like really building, and I worked for W three Construction in the new Center One building. Wow. Oh, you're the new Center, but I was in the new, new Center One building. Same thing or no? I don't know. What new Center One is. It's a little. Oh well, maybe I'm telling. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I know it, the red honestly, building. It over could there. be New Center One. I just go. But it I, might be the new Center. I think that's the same building. Yeah. Whatever. They might have changed that. Because Detroit Public Schools are in there too, right? Yeah, used to be, but yes. Okay. They still have the so, signs up. Yep. All right. I'm in, yep, they're I, I, official I, now. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> listen, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't lose it. Okay, I got it. I remember because W3 is now actually down the street. They actually bought a building down the street, and that's where they're located now. They're okay. located down the street. So, yes. <laughs> Look, we got that out of the way because trying to figure out where the new Center One building is. So, okay, just let's give some scenarios here. So, Absolutely. just say that... I want to start a business. I have no collateral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have $5,000 in the bank. My credit score is a... I'm trying to think of something in the middle. A 550. Okay. And I already have a functioning business, but I need... just. We have people in the background shaking their head. We're giving <laughs> scenarios, sir. <laughs> scenarios, sir. We want it. We're giving scenarios. Right. Because he's like, 550. Oh my God. Uh, 550. I have money coming in, but I need a loan because I have this big contract coming in uh, for, I have to produce, I don't know, 30 sweatshirts and I need $20,000. How would you recommend I get that $20,000? Glad, so glad that you asked. <laughs> so um, historically, Accounting Aid's small business department focused on providing one-on-one services in what they call do the numbers, which um, encompassed uh, working with you so that you are on um, some type of accounting system, be it manual, cloud-based, desktop, whatever. Um, their, their, their largest focus really has been on taxes. They were founded on providing taxes or um, giving free tax services to those who are low income or disenfranchised. Um, what our department is doing now since our launch of the Academy Powered by Accounting Aid Society mm-hmm. is that we focus on three main um, small business areas. We focus on tax and tax compliance for mm-hmm. small business owners. We focus on financial operations management for small business owners and then loan and grant preparedness. So the particular area that you are speaking on loan and grant preparedness is one thing that I really enjoy about working at this organization is mm-hmm. that they are connected. I mean, you mentioned, I need help with credit. Oh, talk to Simeon Hill at Goodwill Industries. Sorry, so, sorry, Simeon. Mm-hmm. But talk to Simeon Hill because there is a credit repair program at Goodwill Industries. It takes six months. And I tell small business owners that this is not a, this is not a sprint. It is a marathon. Mm-hmm. And with us working with you as your partners, as your team, we're going to get you on the right track, but it's going to take some skin in the game, mm-hmm. some sweat equity. So we will refer you to one of our partners, Simeon, so that you can ultimately find out why your credit lies where it is and get on some type of game plan by, by contacting those different creditors so that they are able to either dismiss whatever those accounts are on your credit report mm-hmm. if by statute they are beyond seven years now mm-hmm. um, or contact those creditors so that they are able to start reporting your information more up-to-date and current. Because creditors, I don't know if people know this, but creditors can notate on your account. Person has called and they are working on a credit repair program or whatever. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, um, that's for the credit score. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, the collateral and the money in the bank, um, with partnering with organizations that are lenders, more specifically Detroit Development Fund, your Michigan Women 
forward your Kiva Capital. Um, there are a couple who are coming down the pipeline. I wake up every day. There's a new funder in Michigan. Um, All but the time. <laughs> we prepare. We don't. Pre- we prepare you to apply for the loan. And what I mean by that is we make sure the financial portion of the loan is correct. So we do provide you with projections or like I like I, I call them like forecasts. And our forecasts are actually based on economic norms. I'm an economist by, you know, by heart, but economic norms, how um, how fast um, our economy is growing who your competition is. We we don't provide to you market data or competitive analysis information, but I know SageWorks is a software that small business owners can use to obtain this information so that we can give you accurate forecasting for your um, the finance portion of your loan application. Um, the second thing that we do is we review and or provide you with the three main financial statements, which of course is your balance sheet, your PL, or your income mm-hmm. statement, and then of course the um the cash flow projections. And then lastly, when I've reviewed everything that my team has conducted for you, I write a statement to the lender and I say, you know, you know who I am and I'm the director of this program and we I am certifying that this information we are supplying to you is indeed factual and accurate. So please consider this person for a loan or please consider this person with a loan with, you know, some type of, you know, on on a contingency. And mm-hmm. the contingency would be that the lender would then provide for you if they can for 12 months additional help through our organization to make sure that you stay on track and you're able to pay the loan back. So we don't we don't give the loans and we don't provide loans. But what we do is we can help you apply for the financial portion of your loan. Now, is it a cost for you guys service? So we uh, so you're going to kill me. Yes. (laughs) So I came so I came into accounting aid. I've been there about a year and a half. And my sole job was to implement a fee for service structure Mm -hmm. Um, because our board and the foundations who support us saw that our particular department can indeed charge for services for small business owners. Now, um, our services are a fraction of the cost of what um, for-profit or private professional service organizations charge. Mm-hmm. For example, um, a private organization would charge you $150 an hour for a consultation. Ours is 50 Our tax services for uh, single-member LLC or sole proprietor um, entities are $250. For partnerships, they're $399. Um, we just implemented an academy membership that deployed in June. The membership is an all-inclusive, you know, taxes, three hours of one-on-one consultations. You can be engaged in our workshops, our fireside chats, our networking events, um, um, one-on-one consultations for a one or a yearly fee of $199 for single-member LLCs, $299 for partnerships. Um, so... Yes, we we do charge. It is affordable. Um, on average, small business owners should allocate between three and five percent in their based on their annual revenue allocated towards professional services. Anyway, mm-hmm. but keeping accountant, CPA, lawyer, um, our services. If you become a member, is zero point four percent. Wow. Of the annual revenue, and the the average annual revenue in our portfolio right now is $45,600. And how long has this program been around? So the small business program has been around and was free since 2016, Mm -hmm. 15, 16. Um, 
as Do the Numbers. Okay. It was supported by New Economy Initiative and Chase Bank. Um, we have additional sponsorship from Citizens, um, Fifth Third Bank, as well as CIBC. And I know some foundations, if they're listening, they'll probably kill me, but I can just remember the top five. Um, but we've been, a, the small business program has been around for four or five years now, and the agency as a whole has been around for 47 years. Oh, wow. That, mm-hmm. That's a really long time. So do you guys partner with uh, like Build Institute or Tech Town? Because I know that with Tech Town, if you're a SWAT City client, they give you like a certain number of hours for this and certain things. Do you guys partner with them at all? So, yes, Accounting Aid Society is considered a, well, Academy now, is considered a business service organization, mm-hmm. just like Build Institute, Grand Innovation, Michigan Women Forward, Um Prosperous uh, Food Lab, mm-hmm. and we do all serve as partners under this umbrella of the Neighborhood Business Initiative, which is actually hosted by um, Michigan Community Resources now. So we do all get together. It's a huge referral network. Like, I refer this person, and I'll pay for this if they get your service, and you refer them back. So we all know every small business owner. Uh, we yes. all, we, some of us all do the same thing. <laughs> um, but no, it's a huge referral network. And with us all being a part of this um, neighborhood business initiative, we are working closer together to identify gaps in the ecosystem to help small business owners in the neighborhoods. That's awesome. And it's important because especially with the small businesses in the neighborhoods who definitely need the help, who definitely need that service. Uh, I feel like as a small business owner, I was nervous to see that dollar amount and how it works and everything. Like, you know, in the beginning, you're like, oh, my God, like to pay these taxes, like, oh, my goodness, like to see it and to see it on paper, to see it. Right. It's it's a nervous feeling and it mm-hmm. can be uh you can be scared, <laughs> scared. Like, it, it, you know, you really, my thing is like, I used to be like, I really need to have my paperwork together. So I think in year three, like three is when I actually got an accountant. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, no, year four, I actually got an accountant uh, because that is when things started to pick up and I added another business and another thing and another thing. And at that point, I was just thinking like, Please stop doing your taxes yourself and and get to a professional so that they can manage the day to day. Because one of the hard things uh, of us that I've learned of a small, how do you pay yourself within paying yourself? That's one of the questions that we talk about all the time. It's like, how do you pay yourself as a small business? Do you have like, you know, do you get a paycheck every week? Do you pay yourself out of the, that was like one of the main questions. And a lot of people ask, how would you answer that a small business? How should they pay themselves? So every, um, Chart of account, and I'm getting technical now, so Rachel should really love this, but every chart of account that's set up in your accounting system, mm-hmm. which you should have an accounting system, if it's Excel or whatever, you should at least be marking and, and revising and evaluating and understanding and um, um, somehow ch- tracking your revenue and your expenses. One thing I noticed that you haven't mentioned QuickBooks not one time. I'm not going to mention QuickBooks. I don't work for them. <laughs> I'm not going to mention. Notice I keep saying accounting system. Uh, yes. I don't work for them, Jennifer. Are, yes. they, are they a sponsor of yours? No. Oh, we're not going to mention them then. <laughs> <laughs> well, so many people are. I, I'm, I'm going to answer your question. I'm so sorry because no, I know, no, no, I know no. the listeners want to know. No, no, no. So many people um, brag about QuickBooks, which it's an awesome tool. It is all inclusive. It is all in one. You pay as you go. What you don't want, you can take off. What you want, you can add. But they are costly. They are costly, they are confusing, and it is not the best option for a startup business. The best option, other than a free cloud-based system, is Excel. 
and we can show you how to set up your chart of accounts using your bank statements and an Excel document. So I am not going to say QB because they are not paying me. I don't get a check from them. So, <laughs> you know, but if they want to change that, then I will promote them all day. But QuickBooks, is, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, even we get confused sometimes utilizing it. They have four or five different platforms. It's hard. But to answer your question about paying yourself, yes, small business owner, no matter what stage you are in the business, should always pay his or herself. When you sit down with us, one of the options that we offer, one of the services we offer under our small business financial operations management like box is a business budget. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of small business owners don't know what to allocate and what percentage of their revenue towards each chart of account. For example, a lot of small business owners don't know that rent shouldn't be more than 10% of your revenue. If you're expected to only make $100,000 a year, then your rent should not surpass $10,000 a year, which means really you shouldn't be paying more than $850 a month in rent. And that is to be able to, we say this to say for you to break even if that net income is zero, a goose egg at the end of the year, when you have reconciled all of your financials for the year, you have to live within that the allocated percentage. Well, I live in the city of Detroit, and I don't really know a whole lot of places now that you can live for eight hundred and fifty dollars a month. <laughs> no, we talk about business. If you had a space, if you had, a, if you had a space. <laughs> oh, you talk okay. I was going to say you like rent. I'm like, are you talking about what? Because you know, because uh, we we're talking about rent. paying themselves, but you're saying rent. Okay, like I get that. Yeah, for sure. And paying yourself twelve. It now depends on, of course, the industry, but between twelve and fifteen percent of your revenue, it should be paid back to you mm-hmm. now. You, you can do it a couple of ways. You can online transfer. And then when you're on your accounting system, then you code that as owner's draw. And you add that owner's draw then to your taxes. And do not issue yourself a W-2. And I hope you have a payroll system as well. But you do not issue yourself a w- W-2 because that's a huge no-no in tax world. Mm-hmm. But you do pay yourself. And depending on your industry and depending on how much you do make, you, you allocate a certain percentage to you getting money back so that you can live as well. I'm learning so much today. And I have another question for you. Should a personal consultant consider your service? Define a personal consultant. What does that mean? You know, (laughs) that was a question from our audience. (laughs) Kari, would you like to come on and talk to us about what type of personal (laughs) consultant considering the service? When you say personal consultant, do you mean a, an accountant consider the service? What do you mean? Who are you speaking of? So it could be an accountant. It could be somebody with like a maid service. It could be some of what Jennifer does herself. She curates different events and different spaces. So I would definitely planner, need their a wedding, service. Um, so like a wedding planner. Oh, so you're saying oh. person. Okay, now I, I, I get you. So a consultant. Yes. Okay, so... Yes, they should consider our services for one of several things. Um, Again, I don't really talk about the capital, of course, unless Mm -hmm. you bring it up, Jennifer. But that personal consultant, to me, we would transfer that to 1099 worker. Mm -hmm. And a 1099 worker, especially because of this new tax reform, we're not going to speak of who implemented it, but (laughs) because of this new tax reform and the law, we don't expect, you know, people to understand tax law. Mm-hmm. I have enrolled agents who understand, who love, who study, and, you know, who probably sleep and dream about tax law every single day. So for a, a 1099 worker, absolutely, because there there's a part of law and um, 
within that law, certain things that you can and you cannot write off that we do not think that people who are 1099 take advantage of Mm -hmm. from a tax point. From the um, financial operations management standpoint, yes, a a consultant should definitely take advantage of our services. When it comes to um, invoicing or accounts receivable and accounts payable, um, making sure that they are charging correctly for their services, um, and as well as being able to reconcile their accounts on a monthly basis. Are are they in arrears or not from the consulting business that they are that they are doing? And what would you think would be uh, my last question is what would you think the best so, uh, resource for because working capital like a lot of businesses don't understand working capital and how you need it because that was one of the issues I had when I first started with doing my own taxes is I'm spending all I'm spending all the money that I'm making that is coming in. I'm, I'm just paying I'm just paying my bills and spending money on events. You know what I mean? Or spending money on my business. But it's like, where does that working capital come into play? Well, from putting my lender hat back on, of course, um, I think that the best alternative, which has just recently become like the thing to do or the norm or the cool thing um, really is utilizing those crowdfunding websites. Um, I know Kiva has a wonderful platform where you, of course you have to like solicit from your friends and your family for them to donate to yes. you. It, but, it, oh, yes. Ahead. No, I'm just saying yes, the Kiva. I've, I've donated to Kiva for Me too. several to friends. Before. I sure have. Mm-hmm. Like um, I can't think of any right now, but mm-hmm. I, I sure have. I've supported friends who are trying to get a Kiva loan at 0% interest by fundraising half of whatever the value total is that they're seeking um, in order to be considered. But there are other crowdfunding platforms, those who have also been um, deployed by people of color or specific industries or uh, specific, um, you know, I I guess, uh, businesses Mm -hmm. that you don't have to solicit from your friends and family. It's people who just really want to buy in and give five or ten dollars and help a worthy cause. So I don't think people really promote crowdfunding or crowd raising enough, at least in Detroit, because we're all pro, you know, organizations that make you sign your life away. Yes. And while, you know, I don't want the listeners to feel like, oh, my gosh, he's such against loans. I just don't think that that's the end all be all. Mm-hmm. There are so many other avenues to go where you don't have to worry about signing your life away and people who really want to give you money mm-hmm. at zero percent and no interest. At all. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll share those with you after this. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you to, one thing, give three uh, pieces of advice to, uh, financial advice to a small business. Some things of like, most important, you must make sure that you do this. Like, if you don't do anything else, these are three things you should make sure that you do when you are starting a business. First, your lawyer, your accountant, and your banker is on your side. I promise. (laughs) And, And you know what? And, it, a lot of people think, oh my God, I'm going to a lawyer. Lakeshore provides free legal advice and consultations to small business owners, especially those who are entering into contracts for brick and mortars. Lakeshore Legal Services. So please consult with a lawyer or call around. You never know which small legal firm offers pro bono services for small business mm-hmm. owners or those who are underserved. So call around. Your banker, because you don't want to be overdrawn or to exceed whatever the bank caveats are for you to have that particular business account. I am not a fan of banks. I'm a credit union girl. I've been a credit union girl since 13 years old. I am, a, credit, do me I am right. a fan of the credit union. <laughs> they do me right. <laughs> I, I am a fan of the credit union. Credit union for, financed my first car. 
Uh, I am a fan of the credit I'm union. A fan of I've the credit been, union. Like Michigan First Credit Union, probably almost twenty years. Nice. And third, your accountant or your CPA, because when you are thinking about growing or opening or stopping or otherwise launching a brand new venture, they're the ones who are going to tell you it is going to work or it is not going to work. Mm-hmm. And I hope that the relationship that you have with all three of those people are one that you can either take their advice and the, the harsh criticism or whatever you want to call it and, you know, walk with it and trust in them because they are your advisors. The second is know your numbers. And I don't mean because you want to go to a pitch event or you're trying to talk to an, an, uh, a venture capitalist because you want to launch this cool new app and you've gone to pitch classes and they tell you what to say. No, when I sit down in front of you, I want to know how much money you make last year. No, not how much revenue. How much money did you make mm-hmm. last year? And it's important, especially for our culture to understand that because we're so wrapped up in making money and and. You, you have to make the money and we don't realize that it's really wealth that we need to obtain mm-hmm. because the wealth that, that sits and it grows. So knowing your numbers is so much more than I want to apply for this pitch even or this grant. Knowing your numbers really means that no one can rob you mm-hmm. of what it is that you have coming in and you can speak to whatever it is that whatever, what, however much money it is that you're having and what you're making. Um, the last piece of advice is, and this is for you too, Jennifer, because I am amazed by you. Aww, if it's you something so that you want to do, do it. I don't, you know, I'm not. And then again, I'm an Aquarius, so I'm flighty anyway. I am too. Oh my, you know what? So Which is <laughs> When's your birthday? February 5th. Mine is February 12th. Oh my God. We, you know, we flighty. We said, you know, it's fight or flight for us. So we like, when we want to do it, we're going to do it. I have just, listen. <laughs> but I, you have to do it. I wish I would have met you when I first... <laughs> Started to just go, listen, it was like, boom, I'm going to do this and you I'm going to do that. And, but I've, the failures that I've had in certain things have just made me keep pushing, you know, because I always say chances make champions. That's I wear true. it on my neck. It's just, that is the truth. It, it does. And if I had never took a chance and quit the job, if I had never just, you always bet on yourself. If you're scared to bet on yourself, why would you want anybody else to bet on yep. you? And I tell people all the time, you can ask me about anything, anything at all, but what you you can ask me about my business. I'm right. confident in it. I know about it. I can tell you about it. And, you know, and I love to do what I do. I love the people that I work with. Yep. Uh, I love the people that I get to meet. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I, I just love it. But I tell people all the time, like, bet on yourself, yep. you know, and, and, and it's a lot of work. It's no sleep. You have to make the sacrifice. So when people talk about, oh, my God, I don't know if I could do this and that, you know what? Don't eat out. I remember right. I didn't have any food. Guess what? I remember I didn't have cable. I remember I didn't have Wi-Fi. Okay. And please, to, please don't come in here saying you don't have any money. You have the Cardi B nails. I'm just saying I love Cardi, but don't have the Cardi B nails on and the, and the, the Jordans and tell me, oh, I'm negative this month. Well, but you just have on four hundred dollars. Yeah, I don't we, like that. I had my uh, <laughs> I had my uh, doctor on Dr. Paul before, and he was saying that uh, he has a, a a healthcare service that's fairly inexpensive. It's like fifty dollars a month, and he had so many people reach out to him about signing up. But their issue was that they didn't have fifty dollars a month, and uh-huh. he said if you have a cell phone and if you have cable, you can afford fifty dollars a month because. You know, uh, when I was younger, when I was, you know, 19 and 20, like I worked and I had jobs, but I was always thinking about like, oh my God, how much am I getting paid? I didn't think about healthcare being included in that and that being so important. And then now being 40, you're like, okay, healthcare and this, like so many things it is to think about. But like as business owners, a lot of times, like you said, we just think about the dollar amount. And sometimes I'm that girl too. I'd be thinking, oh my God, I need to make me a couple, you know, more. But for me... (laughs) 
uh, two, it's like more contracts, more being out there, yep. more growing, uh, you know, and, and doing a lot of different things like that and just expanding and building and building those contracts. And within doing that, that is when, and I also feel like when you are good to people and you are a good person, the money will come and 100%. you will be fine. And I, I truly, truly believe 100%. that. 100%. Be true to your mission. Be true to your business philosophy and model. And it will come. And it, and it you will build it, they will come. come. Well, this is so good. I really feel like you should have your own podcast, just schooling everybody on just like maybe the money YouTube, because though that, I was that thinking money, YouTube, Jennifer. Like, I, can you help me? I, I will definitely okay. help you. And I think like just the way you shot me that look when you said no, do this. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's let's yeah. I I think that you speak amazing. Your voice made. You know so much knowledge. You definitely know so much about the industry that Thank you're you. in. Like you're an expert. Thank you. So are you starting your own small business? To you know be what? The fun- to be continued. Okay. Well, yes, because I feel like with the knowledge and everything that you know, like it's amazing. People could learn so much from you, and even maybe teaching classes or something like that. Thank we can you. we can talk about that after. Thank the show. you. So I, much. I I got something I think you that you can do. So. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Let everybody know where they can find you, where they can follow you, how to get in contact with you, because this girl knows all of the financial everything. <laughs> so the listeners are going to be extremely upset with me, but I am not on social media. My husband's job is weird. I don't want anyone to find me. Oh, no, don't mm-mm. You Google Mizzy. You be at my house. Mm-mm. But I am on LinkedIn. OK, it's a period. Moreland Mizzy. It's very weird. So I will have to add you. Um, as far as accounting aid society, again, we are inside of the New Center One building on 3031 West Grand, <laughs> Grand Boulevard in Detroit, Suite 470. Um, our number is 313-556-1920. And you, you can ask for me personally, Ashley Mizzy. Um, I will answer your call as soon as possible, usually within two business days. Um, but other than that, I mean, who knows what 2020 has to offer. I'm maybe you. I'm thinking YouTube, and I'm thinking Instagram. Just like morning motivation. I don't know, but I, don't I, hold me to that, y'all. I'm busy. I know. <laughs> you know what? Just taking like just that time. Like even when you get home. You know, do you have kids? Once I have a son, Caden, two and a half. And he better be in bed right now. Mm-hmm. See, like even that when he goes to bed because it's still early. He goes to bed. Maybe just sitting down for ten minutes or ten or fifteen minutes. So just recording yourself. You know, people talk to me about recording myself all the time. I'm, you know, I'm just really not about that life. But I try to, and I'm getting better with it of just sitting there and talking and talking in front of the camera and and all of that. Like I'm fine doing the news, doing interviews. I'm so relaxed and comfortable. But when like that camera is just straight on you, sometimes it's like, okay. And I'm like, but I have like a show where all things you try conversations where I actually sit and interview people, and we record it and we're sitting on the couch. So I have like own little talk show. So how does someone have like a talk show and a podcast? (laughs) I really does not like to be quiet. So that really doesn't make any sense. I know this. But uh, thank you so much again for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Definitely uh, download this episode. Get all the information you need on finance, especially as a small business. It's so, 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 so important. Uh, I'm so glad Ashley was here to share her wisdom because I definitely learned a lot because I'm going to be looking up some things and then also probably making an appointment because I feel like there's a lot of things that I need to do to get myself ready for 2020. 2020 is going to be a good year, an amazing, amazing year. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Jennifer with Ask Jennifer. Uh, Don't forget about all things Detroit, November 3rd at the Eastern Market. It's the holiday shopping event of the year. Come out and support small business. We have so many amazing things happening, so many amazing businesses. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ask Jennifer. That's A-S-K-J-E-N-N-Y-F-E. And I hope you guys will tune in next time.
Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Join us October 24th through October 27th at the Andy Arts, 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, at the inaugural Detroit is Different Festival. The collage of sound, sight, taste, feel, and scent of Detroit from all walks of life. Join Piper Carter, Frida Sampson, Unicorns Are Real, Josh Adams, The New Kids, Group Text, Jennifer Crawford, Care Michigan, Audra Carson, My Natural Hair, Cornbread and Caviar, Kari Frazier, Sterling Tolls, Bodie James, and more artists. The Detroit is Different Festival provides you the rare opportunity to witness, experience, and familiarize yourself with the diverse subcultures that make Detroit different. Experience this all for 50 bucks. Visit www.detroitisdifferent.com and get your tickets today.